0: Welcome to Born to be Breastfed. I'll be your host today. Actually, I'm your host every day for Born to be Breastfed, every day that the show airs anyway. And let me just tell you how excited I am to be doing the show today. Honestly, I woke up this morning thinking to myself, oh, I don't believe I have to do a show today because I don't know what I'm doing because I've got this gigantic, I've actually got two gigantic professional courses that uh, I'm facing. And so I just sort of felt like, oh, I got to do the radio show. And I've got to do a pre record because you see, the day that this is going to air, I will actually be on the road, probably in San Diego or Dallas or somewhere. But let me tell you what really got me motivated, got me really stoked this morning. I got this really nice note on my Facebook. From a woman whose name is Elaine. Here's what Elaine says She says, Hi, Marie, I've been exclusively breastfeeding my little girl for six months and recently started listening to your podcasts. They are so informative, and I have learned even so much more about breastfeeding than I thought was possible. Thank you. Well, thank you, Elaine, because you gave me exactly that kind of juice that I needed to get going with today, because I was just feeling so like hungered down over a different project. And sometimes it's just really hard. Like I consider this sort of the fun thing. But sometimes it's really hard to do the fun thing when you know you've got some other thing that's really a lot of hard work that you just got to address. So, yeah, I'm really geared up for a big season. We've got a lot of participants, a lot of courses in a lot of different places, and just a lot of stuff going out. I've also got a brand new product coming out for nurses and other professionals. So, yeah, I've been growing a few more gray hairs, which is kind of interesting because if you ever been on my Facebook? Have you seen how many gray hairs I already have? All right. Uh, Okay, so speaking of Facebooks, you got to see this. You just got to see this. It was a great, great photo of a baby who has that milk drunk look on his face. And it's on my Facebook. We posted it a few days ago. Now, by the time that you hear this, it'll be more than a few days. But you just got to this. This photo of this baby is just really great. So some things are just, I don't know. It just really makes a smile come to your face. certainly did for me. And definitely the comment from Elaine uh, was absolutely a super one. Hey, Elaine, or anybody else, if you happen to have somebody who teaches your childbirth education courses or your uh, breastfeeding classes, either prenatally or postnatally, send me an email at radio at com. Tell me how I can get in touch with that person via hard copy, and I will send them a whole bunch of refrigerator magnets. The refrigerator magnets have the time that you can keep milk in the refrigerator or in the freezer. Of course, I'm talking mother's milk here, not not the stuff that's in the carton that you buy at the grocery store. And uh, if I know who to send it to, I will send off a bunch of them. Okay. So, what are we here for today, now that Marie has just told you how really stoked Marie is? Uh, well, here's the thing. Somehow or another, I've gotten into a whole bunch of this stuff on weight gain and weight loss in either newborns or young infants or even older kids, just sort of in the last few weeks. And I've kind of gotten it from all directions. I was preparing a little bit of my review course, And then I was trying to counsel a mother whose baby was, mm, I'm thinking about five weeks old. And then I got it from somewhere else. Oh, I know. Was also preparing a baby-friendly course. And it's kind of like this just kept hitting me over and over. And I thought, you know... Maybe this is something I really need to talk to parents directly about because there's so many people that get so confused and honestly, professionals get a little confused about this too. So what I'm really hoping here is that I can set the record straight or at least straighter than you might have had in the past where it comes to breastfeeding and the baby's weight gain or possibly weight loss. Now, just a word of caution here. I don't like to hammer on this too much at every show, but this is once where it's really important. As stated on our website, information given here does not provide medical advice. This show and the websites are provided for informational purposes only and are not intended as a substitute for the advice provided by your physician or the baby's physician or other healthcare professionals. Always speak to your baby's doctor or to your doctor or to other healthcare professionals who are in charge of, of uh, giving advice about your particular individual situation before you decide or decline any medical treatment for yourself or your baby. The information that I'm going to provide does not create a doctor patient relationship between you. And me or any of the other professionals that are affiliated with the show or the website or anything else. So I just kind of want to give you that big long-winded scare tactic here just to tell you that weight loss in babies can be a serious issue. It's not always a serious issue, but it can be. And I want to make sure that you don't just blow it off and say, oh, well, you know, just better breastfeeding management here, because sometimes it's really something a lot deeper than that. So really make sure that you stay tuned so that you know what is best for your baby in the particular set of circumstances that you are facing with your own baby. So I kind of started out by saying to myself, okay, I know that everybody's going to ask me about insufficient milk supply, and I could probably talk for a week about insufficient milk supply, but I'm going to kind of go on the assumption that the initial issue here is about weight gain or weight loss. And I said to myself, okay, so like if I was a mother and I was interviewing Marie, what questions would I be asking? And that wasn't too hard for me to write down because I seem to have gotten a bunch of those lately. So, so, all right. I kind of started out with the question that I get very frequently, namely, what weight gains are ideal or appropriate or optimal? And the answer is, it really depends on how old the baby is. This is why when people ask me a question, I usually start by saying, halt, wait a minute, just just tell me how old the baby is and then I can listen to this story in context. So in the first few days, certainly there are babies who are breastfed who gain weight. But I would say that the vast majority that I've ever seen of, of babies in the United States in my career generally will lose a little weight in those first few days. And what I'd like to convey to you about that is that it's really not the end of the world here in those first few days. It's not necessarily abnormal. It happens to a lot of babies. So try not to get too flipped out. As long as all other things are going well, the baby is healthy, he is at full term, you are healthy, you are well, life is good. If all of those stars are lining up, then a little bit of weight loss in the first few days is usually not a big deal and usually they recoup it and that's fine. So then, of course, that brings us to, okay, great. Like, when do they recoup it? I would say, And I think that every credible professional would say that by the age of two weeks, you want to see the baby returning to his birth weight. So let's say that he gained, uh, excuse me, let's say that he was born at seven pounds. And then let's say that he lost 8% of his weight. Okay. How soon do you expect him to get back to seven pounds? Well, by the two-week visit. So this then brings me to what happens in the first month. I think it's really important for people to know that it's important to distinguish between the newborn and the definition of a newborn is the first 28 days, all right? So, kids in that, that first month, are going to behave a little bit differently than other infants. Then there is what most of us would call the young infant. The young infant is one who is up until six months. And then, of course, obviously, the older infant would be six months to a year, so let me back up then to during this newborn period, during the first month, the baby will gain an average of about a half to one ounce per week if he is exclusively breastfed. And by that, I mean he is taking only his mother's milk and he is taking it directly from the breast. If you're doing what many people call pump and feed, I don't know that we have any really good data on exactly what that weight gain is or isn't. But I can tell you with a baby who is breastfeeding directly from the tap, as my husband would say, straight from the tap, an average of a half to one ounce per day. That doesn't mean he will do that every day. So then, if you look at the fact that there are, say, 28 days, let's make it easy, in the month, all right, 30 days in the month, I don't care, then you would expect the baby to gain about 15 ounces during the month. But remember, he will have lost a little in the beginning. All right, later on, as a general rule, you will see that a baby will, at six months, he will have doubled his weight. So let's take that seven-pound baby. By six months, you want him to be about 14 pounds, At one year, you want the baby to be uh, tripled his weight. So that would be seven times three would be about 21 pounds. And by 36 months, that is uh, three years, the baby should have about quadrupled his weight. Now, honestly, those are really, really, uh, they're kind of rough guidelines but that is always the first way that I sort of mentally calculate it in my head. Okay? So that's just the what we're talking about for the ideal or appropriate or optimal weight gains. On the other side of the break, I'll talk a little bit about how you can tell when he's not making good weight gains. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703 787 9894.
1: Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides, with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. New
3: Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their New Angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA by N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com.
2: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show.:
0: Hi everyone. welcome back. I'm your host for Born to Be Breastfed. I am delighted to be here with you today. I'd like to thank you for being here. I'd also like to sponsor one of our, uh, to thank one of our sponsors, uh, New Angel. And if you haven't been to that site, you need to make your way there. New Angel is N-U-A-N-G-E-L dot com. And this is a woman-owned company making products for breastfeeding women. You can see that they now have a brand new product, which is an all-cotton breast pad. And there's nobody that's going to preach 100% cotton more than I do. All right, I am big on 100% cotton. I sleep on 100% cotton. I have socks that are 100% cotton. Unless it's cold weather, then it's 100% wool. Uh, So I'm big on that, and I would like you to take a look at that. If you want to sit in your armchair, you can take a look at those on her website, www. N-U-A-N-G-E-L or if you're just Cruising through Walmart, they're also in Walmart, so you can pick them up there too as well. All right, so how about this? It's it's not unusual for babies to lose weight in the first few days. I sort of established that with one of the last questions in the last session. So are you wondering what kind of factors in the early days can influence how much a baby loses in terms of weight? And the answer is yeah, you, you can figure that out. One of the things might be just the simple one, which is the baby has been born with what I would call extra fluids on board. Now, Mother Nature, in her infinite wisdom, knows that when the baby is born, that the mother will only have colostrum, which, although it is extremely rich in immunoglobulins and many other components, it's not real high in volume, not real high in water. So, therefore, the baby is born with some extra fluid on board, and some of what you'll see that he's losing then is just kind of that extra fluid, and that's not a big deal. Now, the other thing is there have been some recent studies. I'm thinking, for instance, of Dr. Carolyn Chantry's study, wonderful study by Dr. Carolyn Chantry, and that's C-H-A-N-T-R-Y, I believe, what she showed was that nowadays we have women who are getting epidural anesthesia, and what happens? We give them extra fluids. Trust me, I've done labor and delivery. I, I, I totally believe this. Okay, we are giving people extra fluids when they get uh epidural anesthesia, and so she's saying that it it's entirely it's, it's possible that the baby is getting some extra fluid when he is born. And when we put the baby on the scales when he's born, we assume that that is sort of his baseline weight, that that's what he's, quote, supposed to be. And uh, when she looked at her uh, research, what she really found was that may or may not be true. It may be that he's got this, I don't know if she used the word false water weight, but I will use that word. Because then what you will see is that the baby will lose it later. And then everybody goes ape nuts because they think that the baby has lost a lot of weight. Well, like, has he really? Or was that kind of a fake water? It, the, the baby's water weight was sort of inflated and then it got deflated. So you've got to think about that. Those would be two things that I would be thinking about. Uh, The other one would be simply, do you have some sort of what I would generally call a mismanagement? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. All right. When you get a baby who has restricted breastfeeding or he is not breastfeeding early and often, etc., etc., yeah, the baby is going to lose weight. So I can't begin to count. I, I, probably hundreds, I don't know, thousands uh, many, many women who have told me throughout my career, I don't have enough milk, I don't have enough milk, I don't have enough milk, I don't have enough milk. Okay. Yes, I promise you, we'll talk about that in another show. But as related to weight gain, I think you've got to kind of separate the fact from the fiction. And isn't that show what this show is often about, where I talk about Busting the myths, clarifying the facts. All right, there are some unreliable signs of weight gain. Some of these I got from the World Health Organization. Some of them I just got from my own head because I've seen it a gazillion times. All right, here's one of the big ones. Mother thinks that her baby is losing weight because her milk looks too thin or it looks blue or it looks like skimmed milk. Okay, any of those things I've heard, and that's kind of sort of not really true. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean that the the milk, the mother's milk does become somewhat thin-looking, but that's just the way it's supposed to look. Now, here's another reason my moms get all bad on a joint. They say that no milk comes out when they pump after they've already fed the baby. Well, I would not sweat that so much because remember, the pump is never going to do as good of a job as a baby. So yeah, I'd keep that in mind, but I would not consider that a reliable indicator of uh, weight loss or or a predictor, I guess, of weight loss. All right, here's another one. Sometimes mothers get really kind of, Frightened because their breasts don't feel over full, say, a week or so out after they uh, have given birth. All right, let me tell you what that's about. That is that when they were in the hospital and they got engorged, they had these huge breasts that felt like they were really over distended, over full, uh, often uncomfortable. And so now what they feel is these breasts are are substantially softer. And so they're thinking that the baby is going to lose weight. Well, no, not necessarily. Remember that it's going to be the swelling in the breast that goes away, not the milk. Here's another one. A lot of mothers get all worried because they don't feel the signs of a letdown. All right, let me help you with that one real easy. A few weeks ago... I did one entire show on letdown during breastfeeding, and one of my messages, among many others, one of my messages was that some people just don't feel the letdown, but they're actually having a letdown. Okay, so here are some other rely unreli- unreliable, unreliable uh, factors that are sometimes blamed, but Yeah, it's certainly possible you don't have enough milk. It's certainly possible the the baby is not gaining enough weight or is losing too much weight. But these are not entirely reliable. For example, baby cries often. Well, guess what? There's a lot of reasons that that baby could cry often. Here's one that I don't hear very often, but it's true. Uh, Baby is a good baby. Now, some babies are just good babies. Some babies are too good. They are so good that they don't really have the energy to emit those early hunger cues or any hunger cues, or their hunger cues are so subtle that the parent doesn't pick up on them. So watch for that. Baby has short sleep intervals. Okay, that may or may not be an indicator. Here's another one. Baby is fretful or he's not settled during or between feedings. And, you know, sometimes you kind of look at them and they kind of pull away from the breast. They kind of tug. You'll notice that especially uh, if it's a young baby and he's having an issue. Not so with older babies. Older babies kind of pull at the nipple or pull away or tug or turn their heads around because, quite honestly, they're pretty social when they're older infants and they want to know what's going on in the background. But, yes, if it was a younger infant, I would keep my eye on that. But I wouldn't necessarily put that baby into the category of, uh uh-oh, you know, he's in trouble with weight. Not necessarily. Here's another one. Baby has long periods of suckling. All right. I worry about these kids. Are they having long periods of suckling because they just like to suckle or they want comfort or whatever? Or is it that they are having long periods of suckling because they keep thinking that if they sit there long enough, they're going to get enough milk? So this is not necessarily a reliable indicator, but it is one I'd keep an eye on. Here's another one. Baby who sucks his hands or sucks his fists. Well, there are some kids who are very well fed and they still suck their hands and fists. There are other kids who suck their hands or their fists and they really don't have enough milk. So that's not a reliable sign. Baby is especially large or baby is especially small. Uh, Okay, I'd keep my eye on that, yeah, but just the size of the baby, the mass of the baby is not necessarily an indicator that he's going to lose too much weight or that he has lost too much weight. There are a few really important signs. These are reliable signs of weight loss that are concerning, or the flip side is weight gain. Stool output. In the first month, you need to see at least three good stools with per day, and by day, I mean in a 24-hour period. I always have to watch that because some parents think when I say day, I mean daylight hours. No, I mean over a 24-hour period. I want to see three good stools. It's got to be, in my mind, at least the size of a quarter. If it's just a smudge, in my mind, that doesn't count. If your baby has fewer than three good stools a day in the first month, that's that's worrisome. That is a reliable indicator that your baby is not getting enough food. Urine output is another one. In the first few days, yeah, not so much. Uh, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. But by day two, World Health Organization says that by day two, I would say "Mm, sometimes that can vary. But by day three, I really want to see four to six wet diapers that day. Now, this is a little flaky because sometimes the mother's milk doesn't come in right away. And so if it doesn't come in right away, then no, you're not going to see as much urine output. And here is the third thing that is a reliable indicator. And that is if a baby is alert, he has good muscle tone, he has healthy skin. And the mother reports, this is always, it always tickles me, the mother says, I can feel her, I can see her growing out of her clothes. Usually a first-time mother doesn't tell me that. But, you know, if you if you can see that, well, it's probably pretty likely that the baby is making good weight gains. And the scale, we'll talk about the scale in a minute. So, three good things, stool output, urine output, alert baby with good muscle tone and lots of good stuff going on. Those are reliable signs of weight gain or weight loss. I'm Marie Kuto. I will be back right after this short break.
2: Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness.
3: New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their New Angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA by n-u-a-n-g-e-l for your new angel at www.newangel.com and
1: www.amazon.com do you enjoy listening to marie biancuso Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that
2: works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back
0: to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Now, before we... I uh, had the break, I was talking a little bit about how some people think their baby does or doesn't have enough uh, milk for in order to achieve good weight gain. And I told you a bunch of things that sometimes may or may not be good indicators, and then three things that absolutely are good indicators. The one thing I did not mention is the one thing that you've heard me hammer on many, many times, I'm sure, and that is audible swallowing. Now, I'm a big believer in audible swallowing, but I want to make this really, really clear. Good audible swallowing is not necessarily a reliable indicator that the baby is getting enough milk. However, let me flip that around for you and tell you lack of audible swallowing is always worrisome there are kids who can swallow and they're still not getting enough milk but if you've got a baby who you can't hear swallowing then I can promise you that baby is not getting enough milk okay so kind of depends on which direction you look at that from all right what about the mom who says to me look at I have got plenty of milk how come my my baby is losing weight All right, here are the most likely causes, and that would be infrequent feedings, scheduled feedings, watching the clock, short feedings, or what I would call timed feedings, the baby is not well attached, or the baby is attached, that is, he's got his jaws clamping down, but he's actually not making his jaws go up and down and suckling and swallowing. Some other causes might be that the baby is removed too soon from one breast or from the other breast and he's not allowed to finish. Now, generally, I'm big on the fact that the baby needs to finish on one breast. And if that's not occurring, that's usually not a good thing. Usually. Uh, there's the other stuff. You know, if your baby is has been sick or if he is ill or premature or his suckle is weak or maybe his suckle is fairly decent but it's not sustained, I, I, I would say that that is a very possible reason for why he is not gaining enough weight. Here's another question. Do psychological causes of low milk supply fit into this equation? A resounding yes, 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 yes. Lack of confidence is huge. Feeling overwhelmed is huge. Feeling like you're worried really sets you up for a less than optimal response to your baby. You've heard me talk about this before when I've said to you, if you don't believe in yourself, if you think things are not going to be good, it's going to become a selfish fulfilling prophecy. Here's another one. Stressful situations. What constitutes stress? Well, I don't know. Stress is different for different people. I get stressed when I go in the Walmart and I hear all of that beep, beep, beep drives me nuts. But for other people, that doesn't bother them. Whatever it is that causes a stress maybe it's your your in-laws that are arguing at your house maybe it's that the folks next door have a barky dog if it's a stressful situation for you it's a stressful situation that is certainly a possible cause for not enough milk and hence not enough weight gain so how much weight can the baby lose before you start to worry well again. This is kind of day-dependent or week-dependent, but I would certainly say during the hospital period, I think I am on steady ground to say that the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says at 5% weight loss, you should kind of keep an eye on the baby. If the baby is got 7% weight loss, you really need to be stepping up the support for the baby and the mother, and by 10% that baby has got an issue okay and may need to be supplemented depending on what else is going on so i just want to be really clear here that i'm trying to tell you it's it's progressive you know you don't want to wait until these things get totally out of out of everywhere all right all right so What are some of the common causes of insufficient milk supply? Remember that I'm going to tell you it really depends on if there is an actual milk supply issue or if the parents or the other caregivers just perceive it. So many times when I say to parents, okay, well, well, why do you think you don't have enough milk? Well, Well, you know, what about this or that? And they say, well, the baby is crying every two hours. Well, the baby is crying every three hours. Okay, well, guess what? Breastfed babies kind of do that. Breastfed babies do want to eat every two to three hours. Well, the baby doesn't sleep through the night, and it's already a, a month old. Well, guess what? Babies at a month old really should not be sleeping through the whole night. So I guess what I'm saying is a lot of that is about perception, perception, perception. Not necessarily how much milk is in your body. Okay. Here's another question I get very frequently from either parents or professionals or both, which is, what about those growth charts? I take my baby in for a well baby visit and I don't really understand those growth charts very well. Okay. First of all, I would make sure if I had a breastfed baby, I would be making sure that the doctor is using the quote new growth charts from the World Health Organization. Now, those new growth charts actually came out in 2006, but they were not adopted here in the United States by the Centers for Disease Control until, I believe, late 2010. It might have been even a little bit later than that. And I am aware that there are some offices or clinics that are not using them yet. So that would be the first question that I would use. If you want to know the, quote, new ones, you go to the CDC's uh Site the Centers for Disease Control, and here's the website. It's www.cdc slash growthcharts, and there you will find one for boys, one for girls. The boys are blue, the girls are, are pink, all right, and you want the one that is for the first two years, at least I assume that's the one you want. And you need to make sure that those babies are being evaluated on that growth chart because earlier growth charts were not designed for breastfed babies. It's a little more complicated than that, but that's pretty much what it amounts to. All right. So a few days ago, a woman told me that her baby was in the third percentile when she went for her well baby visit. And she's really worried. She thinks that's really bad. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I'm not freaking out. Why? Well, somebody's baby has to be in the third percentile. Could be hers. So then I would start asking questions like, how tall are you? How tall is your husband? A little bit of the family. What's going on with how how big do you grow the folks in your families? Okay. That might be part of it. But it does cause me to wonder. There aren't too many kids that are in the third percentile. So that might be a situation where I would ask a lot more questions, do a lot more follow-up, and make sure that this all, it's kind of like all makes sense, okay? All right, here's another question I get frequently, which is, oh, I don't think my baby is staying on the curve. Okay, well, young infants, especially with the young infants, they really kind of go from, they don't necessarily stay exactly on the curve. Now, if the baby were 18 months old, that would be a different story. By 18 months old, you do expect the baby to stay pretty much on his curve, all right? The other thing is, if the baby drops more than one of those lines, I'd start, I would do a couple of things. I would start calling for help from somebody smarter than I am. There may be a totally logical reason for it, but maybe not. Here's another thing. Everybody thinks that their kid needs to be on the same line as what the neighbor kid is on, and that's just not true, all right? Your kid might be on the 25th percentile and be fine, and your neighbor's kid is on the 75th percentile and he's just fine. So don't think that this is like you got to compete with other people. Uh, are there some subjective things to look at? Yeah, I'd look at, for instance, those young infants. And again, I'm saying young infants for six months or so. If they pull off the breast, tug at the breast, any of that kind of thing. I would also look and see, like, what was going on with the baby right from the beginning? Is this a baby who maybe had a tongue tie? Is this a baby who maybe had a torticollis? We had a show earlier on uh, torticollis with uh, Dr. Mike Poulin. Anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I'd kind of be wondering about that. I might not be going ape nuts, but I would definitely be wondering. Any mother that has any unusual thing going on? For example, has she had previous breast surgery? Or uh has she got one breast that is underdeveloped or any number of other things? Yeah, I would be I would be looking at that. I might not be going nuts, but yeah, I would be looking. Uh do I think that some babies are more at risk for big weight losses? Yes, definitely. I just named a few of those anybody who's had a somewhat unusual situation. And how can I prevent my baby from losing too much weight? Well, the thing that first of all comes to my mind is prevention. Don't wait until this all gets out of hand. As soon as you start feeling like it's not right or the baby is not got good cues or any of the, the the stools, the output, the whatever, if, if that isn't going well or if everything isn't going well, you need to seek help and you need to seek help really soon. Another thing that I think we preach a lot, we professionals, is we talk about exclusive breastfeeding, exclusive breastfeeding. Everybody's got to be exclusive. Well, guess what? There are some babies that really do need to be supplemented and you should really be aware of that. Remember that some babies need to be supplemented And your baby might be one of them. Not saying he is, just might be. Alrighty. I'm Marie Biancuto. I uh, will be right back after this short break.
2: Opinions, Options, Answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
3: For a live or online course or inquire about training today, please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894.
1: What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan. While his mother was driving. Hi mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding.
3: Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com.
1: You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com.
0: Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Thank you so much for joining me on Born to be Breastfed today. Uh, For those of you who are interested in a deeper understanding of all of this stuff, because I'm going to go into uh, Slow to Gain, Failure to Thrive in just a moment, just remember that I will be giving several courses for professionals this spring, and I can probably tell you more than you ever want to (laughs) know about uh, all of the things that I've just talked about as well as Slow to Gain and Failure to Thrive. All right, let me start out a little bit with failure to thrive, and I'll probably move back and forth between these a little bit. First of all, failure to thrive is a medical diagnosis. If your friend or your great aunt Mildred or your favorite nurse who lives next door tells you that your baby has failure to thrive, uh, not so. Failure to thrive is a medical diagnosis and therefore it needs to be announced and determined by someone who has privileges to diagnose and treat. All right, along with that, remember, I've I've seen, this is no joke, I've seen these people who hand me reams of paper about a baby who has, quote, failure to thrive. And I look on there and I can only see one data point. It's one weight taken at one time on one scales and the baby by now is several weeks old. Uh, Hello, there's more to it than this. What's the baby's head circumference? What else is going on with the baby? Where are the other weights? It's really about a whole clinical picture. So If somebody is tossing around that idea of failure to thrive, just be sure you understand what that means. Now, along with that is some kids are not really failure to thrive. They are slow to gain. And those two things are a little bit different. Now, to me, the authority on this and just about every breastfeeding Uh, issue on the planet is Dr. Ruth Lawrence, whom I miss because I worked with her for many years and she's a wonderful colleague and a wonderful friend. In her own book, uh, Breastfeeding a Guide for the Medical Profession, she makes the distinction between the baby who is slow to gain and the baby who is failing to thrive. Now basically when she looks at the baby who is slow to gain she looks at things that are what I would call pretty normal okay the baby is alert has a healthy appearance has good muscle tone good skin uh turgor that means that the, it's that the skin looks right that the baby has at least 6 wet diapers a day pale dilute urine uh, frequent stools, etc., which, by the way, after one month, you won't have the stools every three months. I forgot to mention that earlier. Baby is taking some eight or so nursings a day, well-established milk let down, weight gain consistent, but slow. Now, she makes a differentiation from that and the baby who is failing to thrive. She says, the baby who is failing to thrive is apathetic or crying. That baby has poor muscle tone. And she doesn't say, but I'll fill in the blank here. They kind of look like a little raggedy hand. The baby's skin has that sort of, um, oh, tented is the word I'm thinking of, but loose. It's kind of loose, all right? That's not good. They will have very few diapers. Rather strong urine and the stools are infrequent and scanty. They have fewer than eight feedings a day, and those feedings are often very brief. And by the way, I might also say sometimes it can go in the other direction. Sometimes the baby is at the breast. Somebody said, I, I get this all the time Oh, the baby had a feeding for 50 minutes, and they're saying 5 0. And I'm thinking, no, not good. That just means the baby has spent all that time trying to get something out of the breast and he really isn't. Um, If there are no signs of a functioning letdown reflex and the baby's weight is either erratic or he loses weight. So any of those kinds of things would be a differentiation between uh, the baby who's failing to thrive and one who is slow to gain. Now, Usually what you can do with these is the baby who is failing to thrive, do not be surprised if the physician orders a supplement for those babies. And usually what I try to tell parents about that is, remember, that doesn't mean that it's going to be forever, okay? It's not going to be forever. It probably won't be forever. But how do you fix it for right now until you can get things back? on the straight and narrow. Uh, For babies who are slow to gain, generally you can kind of bring them along with better breastfeeding management. And finally, just one thing that I say, not to scare you, but just to warn you, remember that there are some babies who are failing to thrive because they have pathology. That means they are sick. They have a serious issue. And better breastfeeding management won't solve it. If you suspect that your baby has something along those lines, get medical help for that baby now. Get medical help for that baby now. Oh, man, I feel like I've been talking about as fast as I can talk, and I'm not sure that I made all of my points, but I think I made most of my points. And so I think that this comes the time of the day When I tell you that this hour always, always, always goes too fast. I'd like to thank New Angel for being our sponsor today. I'd like to thank you for listening to Born to be Breastfed. I'd like to invite you to visit my website at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up. And I'd also like to ask you if you're a professional and you're interested in continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Okay, so parents, you can go to borntobebreastfed.com. Professionals, you want to visit www.boreastfed.com breastfeedingoutlook.com. I have a ton of courses coming up this spring and every spring and every fall. So please feel free to sign up if you're ready to do that or call my office if you're ready to sign up for a course 703-787-9894. We will be happy to help you in any way we can. I'm Marie Bianchuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, send me email and remember, your baby was born to be breastfed.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.